Are you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then Leading with Purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker, and author. He's also the founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others, and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. You know, I'm excited you're spending a portion uh, of your day with us this evening. I know your time is valuable. We have a great show lined up for you tonight with a great guest who I will be introducing to you uh, shortly. Before I share something with you that's really been on my mind recently, which I will do each and every week, I want to let you know that in addition to listening in live to tonight's broadcast, you can always download the podcast directly from iTunes or by visiting us on the web at leadingwithpurposeradio.com. I also encourage you to get plugged into what's going on at my organization, Clutch Consulting, you can do that by visiting me at www.clutchconsulting.net. I promise you, you'll find plenty of great content on leadership development, effective communication, and talent management uh, to ultimately help you lead yourself and others more effectively so you can achieve superior performance, grow your business, and ultimately empower your team. Uh, friends, tonight we're talking about servant leadership. Something that, at least in my professional opinion, could have a huge impact in the workplace today if it were only more prevalent. Uh, unfortunately, from my own experience, although it's often touted as a leadership style of choice, I've found that few organizations do it well. I would even argue that servant leadership really isn't a style at all. It's really about a set of behaviors that we adopt and develop over the long term by great leaders. At the end of the day, servant leadership is about putting others before you. Robert Greenleaf, the author of the book, The Servant as Leader, actually coined the term. He was a 20th century researcher who was really skeptical about traditional leadership styles that tended to have a more authoritative approach uh, between relationships among employers and employees. And what I've learned about servant leadership is this, and I know it may sound simplistic, but as a servant leader, you're a servant first. And I know some of you listening in to tonight's broadcast, you may simply realize that I'm stating the obvious, but I really think that servant leadership is easier said than done, especially when you're in a workplace culture that for one reason or another just doesn't get it. You know, I'm a member of the John Maxwell team, and I say this over and over again, but John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And I can't think of a better way to gain more influence than finding ways to focus on the needs of others, especially your team members, before you even consider the needs of yourself. It's, it's really about acknowledging the perspectives of others, giving your team the training and support that they need to reach their full potential in the workplace. It's about involving them in the decision-making process, allowing them to play to their unique individual strengths and building a sense of community. But you know, before we go much more in depth into this topic with tonight's guest, who's Dave Anderson, I just want to say this. You know, if you're a leader in today's organizations and you're you're looking to increase engagement and performance on your on your team, servant leadership could be your answer. But at the end of the day, it all starts 
with you. And with that being said, I want to introduce tonight's guest. His name is Dave Anderson. Uh, he's the founder of Anderson Leadership Solutions. I was I was browsing his his website uh, earlier this week, and I found that uh, Dave is a different kind of army brat. Uh, he said he didn't move every three years like many of his friends. He grew up at West Point because his father had stepped out of the mainstream army to help uh, developing our nation's future leaders for the last 24 years of his military career. So. Really, West Point became home to Dave, and this is the big reason why he chose it uh, when he was 18. Uh, thanks to some devoted friends and the wise counsel of his father, he actually graduated from West Point and served in Fort Hood, Texas with the 1st Cavalry Division. And at one point, he was a forward observer in the first Gulf War and earned a Bronze Star in that role uh, as well. Dave ultimately left the military to join a Fortune 50 corporation in medical sales where, where he earned promotions into leadership. Uh, during those 20-plus years, he gained a lot of practical wisdom. Uh, and according to Dave, it was really fantastic on-the-job training. He says he learned about leadership, developing others, and human nature, and not just from books and from theory, but from actual real-life experience. And during his time in corporate America, he personally conducted over 15,000 sales calls, coached an additional 20,000 sales calls. He also planned, organized, and led countless strategy development sessions, sales retreats, and training meetings. Uh, Dave won many individual sales awards as a sales representative, but it was really building and leading teams and earning the company's highest sales leadership award four times in an eight-year period that energized him the most. And Dave, I want to welcome you with that to the show, my friend. How are you doing today? Well, Nathan, I got to tell you, I really appreciate my mom writing that uh, introduction <laughs> for me there. Uh, she always does such a great job uh, <laughs> on those things, but uh, I appreciate being on Leading with a Purpose. I really do. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm glad to have you. Every every week that I have a guest, I, I start off here. I mean, I know I shared some some brief history about uh, your background and the bio that I just shared with all of our listeners this evening. But you know, let's hear it from Dave Anderson. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? How did you really get into the world of leadership training with all of your military experience and ultimately your experience in the in the corporate sector with the Fortune 50 company? Yeah, Nathan, I, I think if uh, to not not go and bore people with it, I I was very fortunate because of who my father was. Uh, I, I know not everybody had had the benefit of a father like I had, and a man who devoted himself to the study of leadership, a guy who was a, retired from the military as a general, and uh, and had spent like you mentioned twenty four years at West Point working on developing you know the Army's future leaders, and. Being in that environment at West Point and then going to West Point and having that all the leadership lessons poured into me there and then going out in the military and leading in, in that situation and then leading in in corporate world and then getting all the training. I was fortunate to be with a big company that had a huge training department. So I got a lot – I sat under a lot of good uh, trainers and consultants who taught me a lot. And and. But I gotta tell you, man, the thing I, when I learned the most, and I think we all would probably agree, and probably your listeners are gonna start nodding their heads when I say, say this, we learned the most during the times when we screw up. During right. the times when we screwed things up. And let me tell you, uh, if that, if that is true, then I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, lots of times I, I, I share with a lot of people my unresume. The stuff you read is my resume. 
my unresume are the people that are are the people I hired who ended up blowing up in my face. It, it's it's the time it's the time my my sales team ended up last in the country. Yeah, we were in, we were. We won those awards four times in an eight-year period, but I ended up—I was last in the country one time as well. And I, you know, I—I I hired people who were liars, cheats, people who didn't work very hard. I promoted the wrong people. I did all these things that, you know, a lot of people call them failures, but in the end, what they became is what formed my thoughts on leadership, along with all those other experiences I'd laid out. When I left the corporate world, you know, a lot of people have asked me, Dave, why aren't you doing sales training? You know, obviously you had success in sales. Obviously you can do sales training. You did that all those years. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I did. And, you know, I do when customers ask me specifically for that. Usually I've done leadership stuff with them first. And they, they say, hey, could you do sales stuff with me? But it's not my primary thing because as I sat back and spent that time before leaving corporate world and evaluated, you know, how did God make me? Uh, I really realized that, you know, where, what my passion is, is developing leaders. And because I truly believe leadership development transcends the workplace. If I help somebody become a better salesperson, that's going to help them, you know, at work. But when they go home at night, those skills stay at home. It's kind of like helping somebody become a better accountant or a better engineer. That doesn't really affect what happens when they go home. But if I help somebody become a better leader at work, then they go home and they become a better father, a better mother, a better husband, a better wife, better in their communities, better in their kids' schools, better in their ministries. All these things that they're involved in, that's the type of impact I want to have on this world before I leave. Before my maker calls me home, if I can sit there and have impact on how people lead at work and have that transcend and go into all those other places where they touch and all those other people that they touch, you know, I know I've accomplished my mission while I've been here on, on earth and, uh, just gets me fired up to talk about it. Hopefully you hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely do. And, you know, I mean, th this show is called leading with purpose for a reason. And that's because I understand the importance of why, you know, beginning with the why in mind. And, you know, I couldn't help but notice you know, my, my purpose in life, Dave, is to empower other people. You know, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's really to empower others. And when I read your purpose statement on your website, you know, your purpose is to lead good people to become the great people God designed them to be. And I mean, I just, when I read that, I couldn't help but be taken aback by that and said, wow, you know, that's a powerful purpose. Let me ask you this. How, how did you discover your purpose in the first place? Huh. Um, it's interesting. I truly believe, you know, there, there's such a thing as, uh, as div divine discontent. Uh, and I believe that discontentment in my, uh, in my corporate job is something that the Lord used to, uh, prompt me to start thinking, am I in the right place still? I definitely believe the 20, the, at least the first 18 years I was in the corporate America, I was right where I was supposed to be and I was learning and I was growing and, and I was, I was impacting people and I was having that impact. But the last two years I started to struggle and I started to be discontent. And I took a day and it was summertime. It was a lot like was down here in Texas. It was 194 you know, degrees today. And right. uh, I went to my kids' school. And I knew the headmaster of the school, and he let me into the library. And I sat in that library by myself. There's no students on campus at all. I sat in that library by myself 
uh, and laid out all my books. I laid out my John Maxwell books. I know you're a John Maxwell guy. I love John Maxwell. I laid out 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I laid out Failing Forward. I laid out those books. I laid out other books, things that I had highlighted, things I had written notes in through the years. I had my Bible with me. I had all these things, and I just started thing and just sat there and just prayed and thought about, how am I, what am I made to do? What's my purpose? Why am I here? And I've got this opinion of vision statements and mission statements and purpose statements, whatever you want to call them. I don't want to debate what one is or right, another. Sure. But the point is, there's three things about those things. Uh, they should be one sentence. They should be something a 12-year-old can understand, and you need to be able to recite them at gunpoint. Yep. And at the end of the day, I walked out of that library with to lead good people to become the great people God designed them to be. Now, I knew that I could do that in my corporate job. I knew that I could do that leaving a corporate job and starting my own company. I could do that moving to another company. I hadn't made the decision to do this work as a, as a leadership development consultant at that point. I was still struggling with exactly what I was doing. But I had a purpose when I walked out of there. And what it did was those last that last 12 months or so I was in my corporate job, I wasn't just look. I wasn't just looking to leave. I was actively engaged in leading and, and developing the people on my team at that point. And I can look back on that year and know that I gave them my all because it re-energized me to realize I'm still in my purpose if I'm doing it here at this company. Absolutely, and, and Dave. With that, we're getting ready to go to our first commercial break. Yeah. When, when I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this uh, divine contentment because at the end of the day, I went through the same thing about age 35 with a Fortune 50 company myself. So I want to talk a little bit about that when we get back. This is Nathan yeah. Mitchell with Dave Anderson. We're right here on Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. We will be right back shortly in just a moment. Thank you so much. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. 
Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Dave Anderson, founder of Anderson Leadership Solutions, I would like all of you to listen, who are listening in to tonight's broadcast to connect with me on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The easiest way you can do that is to visit me on the web at www.leadingwithpurposeradio.com. And with that, Dave, welcome back to the show. Uh, right before our commercial break, we were talking about divine contentment uh, in the corporate sector, and I had mentioned that you know, I was with a Fortune 50 company myself for, for 12 years. I had uh, one professional career right out of college, stayed with the same organization for a long time, had a great career. Uh, but about the age of 35, uh, 34, 35, I really began to experience uh, much what you shared in, in the first segment of our show, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you think it was that really, you know, spurred that divine discontentment? Was it in the corporate sector? Did you perhaps find that maybe you learned more about what not to do than what to do when it came to leadership and you just wanted to move forward and do things differently? Yeah, I think that was part of it, uh, Nathan. I also got, you know, honestly, I was in the in a role that I was in the same role for a long time, and that was by choice. My next spot in uh, the cor- up the corporate ladder would have taken me to Manhattan, and I'm not talking Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, and at that point, that was I did not want to move my family, and I did not want to be in a situation where I was living in Connecticut and, and commuting for two hours, leaving the house at 5 a.m., not getting home till 9 p.m., and uh, sacrificing my family at the corporate altar, and and I'm not denigrating anybody who did who, who does that. That I know that's what ha- would have happened to me if I did that. Let me put it that yeah. way. And um, so I had chosen, and thanks to my company that I was working for at the time, they were they were fine with that. They didn't think it was a bad thing that I wasn't interested in the promotion. But as time went on, and I was in the same position for a while. Uh, uh, I went from being somebody who was excited and thriving in the job to being content to then being comfortable. And comfortable was not a good situation for me. I, I like being uncomfortable. And, boy, if you want to get uncomfortable real fast, go out and start your own company during the Great Recession. Uh, right. That gets you uncomfortable <laughs> real fast. And uh, But, you know, going through your question about what I saw going on in the corporate world, what probably was most frustrating for me was the fact that uh, there were so many people who believed in the same things I believed, but they just felt like they couldn't make – they couldn't – they didn't have the influence. They didn't have the power. They didn't have the ability to, to make the changes that needed to be made. There was so much inertia moving against doing things the way – 
uh, you know, in the servant leader way, as we're going to get into talking about today, in the way that most people I worked around really believe they should be, but people were getting almost so, um, I don't want to say apathetic, but they they were getting just kind of re- resigned to to well, this is just the way it's going to be, and right. that frustrated me. And I was I, and I I'm not a type of person who, when I see a problem who can sit back and do nothing about it. So it helped drive me to this. Well, I'm as an out. I truly feel like as an outside agent, as a third party, when I am asked to come in and I'm paid to come in and work with a company, part of my job, and it goes to the servant leader ideology as well, is I need to come there and speak truth. I need to come in and speak truth. And and the idea of being able to come in and speak truth and have an organization then be, because they brought me in, they've got to have some sort of willingness to change. Uh, And that excited me again. That got me real fired up to get in there and help multiple organizations and be involved in multiple organizations and and, and then multiply that effect. Um, And so I think that's where the discontentment came came from was the lack of influence I felt like I was having after after a period of time and the fact that I saw a lot of my peers and even the people above me feel like, well, this is just kind of the way it's going to be. And I didn't want to sit around and be part of that anymore. Yeah, and I love what you said about having the opportunity today uh, doing what you do with leadership development and training, going into an organization and being able to speak the truth. I mean, you're really talking about being able to be transparent and authentic. We're, we're unfortunately, in many corporate environments, I mean, we're not given the opportunity to do that. I mean, we, we deal with things like lip service on a daily basis more than we deal uh, with truth. But let's talk about servant leadership. I mean, I, I shared – a little bit early on in the broadcast and in my introduction to the show about what I think servant leadership is, but I, I want to hear from Dave Anderson. I know that our guests tonight want to hear from Dave Anderson. So what do you, what, at the end of the day, what is servant leadership to you, Dave? You know, I, I think servant leadership, you know, a lot of it, you know, people call it a philosophy of leadership. People call, people call it a lot of, some people might call it a technique. I really don't like that. Uh, it's an attitude. Being a servant leadership leader is an attitude, and the attitude that comes out is it's not about me. You know, if I want to steal something from Rick Warren out of his book Purpose Driven Life, it's not about me. And that's what a, a servant leader. That's really to me. That's the foundation that the servant leader operates off. This is not about me. Yeah. This is about the people I lead. This is about developing those people. This is about making other people better. This is about multiplying whatever they have. This is about helping them become a better version of themselves. And so whatever a servant leader is doing, they're doing it for the good of everybody around them and not for themselves. So I I think it's really an attitude. So – if it's attitude, what, what type of attitudes do most servant leaders have, in your opinion? What, what are the attitudes that they exhibit on a daily basis when leading and managing their teams? You know, what's interesting is, it, you know, it's that I'm in it for you. You know, it's the, the people understand, the people around them understand. I mean, when you see a real servant leader – and. You, and people work for a real servant leader. They understand, even though that servant leader might be giving, it might be telling them that they're doing something wrong. And they might be doing some tough coaching. They're doing it for that person's good. And people around them understand that. 
And so there's trust built in, and there's, uh, there's trust built in. The attitude of saying, you know, it's not about me, it's putting ev- everybody else first. I don't know if you, you remember a movie that was in, uh, that was on TV in the 70s. It was a tearjerker. It was called Brian's Song. It was the story of Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers and their friendship. And there was a great book written about, uh, about their friendship called I, called I Am Third. And in that book, I Am Third, uh, that was the premise, that, that was, that was kind of the mantra of that book. God first, uh, uh, others second, and I am third. And that's kind of that servant leader mentality. You know, the idea of servant leadership, if you read Greenleaf, if you read Jim Hunter, if you read Autry, these, these are three guys who've written about specifically on servant leadership. They all come at it from a, the baseline and, uh, of a, a Christian, a Christian perspective on this. And, now it's in business, whether or not you're a, you know, uh, whether or not you're a, uh, you know, somebody who, who follows a Christian faith or somebody who doesn't. It's a business principle now, but it goes, goes back to that attitude of it's not about me. So I am third, God first, family second, other second, other second, yourself third. You know, can, yeah. can corporations also view this from the standpoint? I mean, most corporations and businesses in general, I mean, very capitalistic. You know, profits are first. I mean, can a corporation mm-hmm. with that type of mentality ascribe to servant leadership, or do they realize that well, if I implement the principles of servant leadership and have a purpose purpose driven organization, ultimately the profits and the income is going to come? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it, here's here's the thing. What what happens in a lot of organizations is you have a lot when you take when you see a, uh, an organization go from a startup to then a growth phase and then to a maturity phase and things you see it you, unfortunately you know, too often you see a change in, in the DNA the culture of that organization where the people who started the company you know they have that higher value that higher purpose for what they're doing and that's what drives that 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 little startup to become a, a, uh, a successful growth company and then move from growth into maturity. But at a certain point, something happens and all of a sudden the goal becomes, uh, the goal becomes money and profits in and of itself. And, um, you know, I watched that in my, in my corporate world and I watched that in my company. It wasn't that it was a startup that grew to a certain size, but I did see that the mindset change of the people above us and it trickled down throughout where, you know, the discussion was things like shareholder value and, uh, and let's hit these numbers. And right. what you saw was the motivation of the people in the organization begin to fall. People don't rally around dollars. People don't get all psyched up about making. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like making money just like the rest of people do, and, you know, and uh, and all that. But that is not that is not a motivator that may, that is that maintains motivation over time. That's not something people rally around and, and and get together and you know and and wear wear silly t-shirts like they do in college football games and all that type of stuff. You know, people don't get rah rah about money. They're happy to have it. They want to have it, and it might be a good short-term motivator, but it's not a long-term thing. And organizations lose their focus when they lose their focus on a higher purpose. And whether or not your higher purpose is coming from uh, a Christian worldview like mine is or whether or not 
it is coming, you know, you, you, you want to go out there and, you know, it's about serving your customers and it's about the, the, what your pro, what good your products can do for your customers. When you lose sight of that, uh, you know, lots of times servant leadership will, I, mean, I guess, be weakened and it'll disappear because people will be more about prag- pragmatism. What's going to work here versus about, versus what's going to, what's the right thing to do? Well, Dave, so far our broadcast this evening, we're talking about some really great stuff. I'm really enjoying uh, hearing the things that you're sharing with my listeners here this evening. Uh, We're getting ready to run to our second commercial break. When we get back, you know, you mentioned uh, a lot of times when you talk about purpose in organizations and servant leadership, people think that those are soft topics. You know, they're touchy-feely, feel-good kind of things. And when we get back, uh, from the commercial break, I want to talk to you. What does it mean to be a servant leader? I mean, is, is it being a soft leader or something entirely different? So this is Nathan Mitchell. We're right here with Dave Anderson, founder of Anderson Leadership Solutions on Leading with Purpose Radio. We will be right back after this short break. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velazzi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velazzi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. 
Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Dave Anderson, founder of Anderson Leadership Solutions, I would like all, to invite all of you who are listening into tonight's broadcast uh, to go to my website, www.clutchconsulting.net. You can subscribe to my free uh, monthly email newsletter there. You'll get a full page, four page, full color uh, PDF brochure emailed to you each and every month. It's got great content uh, to help you grow your business and empower your team. So with that, Dave, welcome back to the show. Uh, you know, Before we get back into our questions uh, for tonight's interview, I want to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners tonight that are saying, hey, I'm listening to Dave Anderson. I'd love to learn more about this guy, perhaps even have him come in and work with my organization. Where can they find more information about you? Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Uh, AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com is my mother site, my mothership website. So you can go there. You can find the blogs that I write. I publish blogs about twice a week. I also I also do uh, a talk radio show uh, like Nathan is doing here called Impact Talk Radio that uh, uh, is focused on leadership as well. And um, also you can contact me via email, Dave at ALSLead.com. Dave at ALSLead.com if you're interested in me coming to speak or uh, do training or you just want some uh, – if you just need somebody to listen to what's going on in your organization, get some perspective, I'd be happy to talk with you. So please just contact me there. Well, thank you, Dave, for sharing that with uh, the listeners this evening. Uh, you know, Right before the commercial break, we were talking about – and I remember you saying that uh, you know, servant leadership not being a soft topic. You know, Tell mm-hmm. us more about that. I mean, you know – if you're a servant leader, I mean, do most people look at that and say, you know, you're a softy, you're a soft leader? I mean, from what I understand from you and reading your material and listening to your shows, that's not that at all. No, and, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, one of the things uh, why this, this topic's always been near and dear to my heart, but just recently on, on my radio show, I had Jim Hunter, who's the author of the book called The Servant, on the show, and he, he made an important distinction. It's called servant leadership, not slave leadership. And mm. you're, and it's not, the word servant is not synonymous with being a slave. You aren't work, you aren't, uh, you aren't a slave, but you are serving others. And so some people get this idea that if I'm serving others and somehow I'm, I am less, I am less of a person and, and that, and that's somehow synonymous. And it's not. I mean, if you think about servant leadership and what it's about, it is a, it is a position of strength because you have the humility and you have the confidence enough to put yourself second behind somebody else. That's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. Yeah, it takes courage to do that. Yeah, it's not a, that's counterculture to what a lot of people think these days. Well, yeah. if I put myself second, then I must not be as strong as I need to be. That's hogwash. Honestly, if you have the confidence, see, some people don't think humility and confidence can go coexist in the same person. I argue that. I say, you know, humility and confidence can. Humility and arrogance can't. 
So, you know, humility and confidence in the same person, having the confidence and, and knowing that I'm in it for somebody else, as we said earlier, to say to that person and to have a hard conversation with somebody and, and coach them and, and tell them they're doing something wrong. They need to improve. Why? Because it's what's best for them. You know, I had teams that I led through the years, and I used to tell people all the time, look, I'm going to do everything I can to help you be as successful as you want to be. Not as you can be, because I wouldn't have hired you if I didn't think you could be highly successful, but as you want to be. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you get there, whether it's a pat in the back or the kick in the butt. Now, I've got a size, I wear a size 15 shoe, (laughs) but I'd much rather give a lot of pats on the backs and kicks in the backside. Absolutely. But I'm willing to do both because it would be in the, I believe it's in your best interest for me to do that, whatever it is at that moment. And so so many people aren't willing to do those, have those hard conversations. Why? They think they're being nice to that individual, but they're not. They're damaging them because they know there's something they can get better at, yet they're not doing it because it makes me, the leader, feel uncomfortable. And and that's that's putting myself before before them. I'm going to make myself uncomfortable and have a hard conversation with you because I care about you, because I care yeah. about your goals and how you're going to perform, and I want to make you better. That's why I'm here. Well, I can even look back over my academic career when I was a college student, both in undergrad and grad school, and I can look at my experience. Uh, I was in the retail sector. Uh, you were you were in the sales industry. I mean, both very tough industries to be in. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the managers or the leaders, the teachers that impacted me the most as an individual. I mean, they were the ones who were the hardest on me uh, yeah. at the time that I worked with them. But I mean, if I had to go back today, and there were people that I wanted to revisit who had had an impact. Uh, on my life, those would be the people that I would call up. And unfortunately, some of them, you know, I couldn't tell you where they live today or how to even reach out to them. But I mean, those are the ones that stick out in my mind. And what you're sharing with our listeners tonight, Dave, is it's really about leaders finding ways to empower and develop other leaders, not leaders trying to develop followers. You know, so when right. you were in the corporate sector, you know, my guess is you were you were probably trying to find ways to hire your replacement. And unfortunately, so many people in the workplace today, they have this mindset that, oh, well, I can't hire somebody who might do a better job than me and take my job. And you're 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 sharing a completely different approach to leadership. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell when, when people are sitting in my and that type of attitude comes through when I'm sitting, when people are sitting in one of my classes or I'm, I'm giving a talk or something. I always share with, share with them, you know, a team with leaders at every level is always going to kick the tail of a team that only has leadership at the top. Yeah. And so give me leaders at every level. Whether or not they're a leader by title or not, it doesn't matter. But if they behave like leaders, if they are, you know, if they are out there leading and behaving like leaders, behaving like servant leaders, where they're selfless themselves, I'm going to have I'm going to have a rock star team, man. And that's and that's and that's what I'm there to do. I mean, honestly, if I'm not developing people, I don't believe I'm a leader. I may be a manager. And I don't mean that in a negative term. Management tool, skills are important, but Without developing people, without focusing on your people, you're not, you can't call yourself a leader. You can call yourself a manager, but don't call yourself a leader. 
And, you know, since the downturn, I mean, you look back to 2008, and I mean, we were still in a challenging economic environment, challenging business environment. And unfortunately, you know, when that happens, some of the first things to go, you know, budgets are cut and almost always it's it's a training and development budget that gets cut first. Mm. So, I mean, we weren't as focused as we should have been on training and developing our people before. So have you found that in light of that, has there been – and as I shared in the beginning of the show, you know, I think that – organizations that are really, really good at being servant and leadership oriented, I mean, they're really the exception than they are the norm. But would you say yeah. that because of that, I mean, even the economy we've been in these past seven years, do you think that servant leadership has even even less than maybe it was than prior to? Yeah, I don't, it's hard to make that sweeping a comment, but I do believe that um, there is a movement where people want to get back to this, uh, a simpler uh, idea of leadership. You know, I, t- I, I like to say all the time, hey, look, leadership isn't complicated, but it is hard. Right. Okay. It's not complicated. Why are people going to follow you? People follow character. I- I've stood in front of crowds of 15 people and 1,500 people, and I, I usually start out by asking, think about your, your leadership hero. But maybe that person's a real-life person that you encountered. Maybe it's somebody you read about in the history. Maybe it's somebody you saw in the movies. Whoever that person is, what traits did you admire most of them? And I have these people shout them out, and I write them up on a whiteboard. And, you know, 90% of the traits, 80 to 90% of the traits people scream out have nothing to do with skills. It has nothing to do with competence. What they have to do is with somebody's character. Yeah. Who they are as a person. And it, and what people want to get back to as far as leadership, and what i found as I've gone out and worked with so many companies now, what resonates not just, not just with the upper management, but down through the entire organization, is when we talk about who we are as people, our character, integrity, humility, selflessness, all these things that go into being a servant leader. That's what, that's what people want to hear about. And so I do believe there's, there's, a, there's a need and a desire of people to get back to what truly what leadership is. And really that's, that's what West Point taught as well. Was it, it was a, it, we focused so much on character development at West Point for the four years, the four years we were there. It was all about character development. Yeah, we had skills that were developed in us. But, you know, in corporate America, when, when organizations get off base, they – you know, we focus so much on developing people's competencies, competency tests, competency this, competency that. We hire people based on competency and yeah. competency, 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 and we focus on competencies, and then we fire people because of character issues. Yeah, we're really, we're really talking about values. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, what value? What do you stand for? What what do you and what are you willing to stand up for? And these these character traits and these values, as you put it, you know, th- those are the lasting things, and those those are why people are going to follow you. That's why people want to follow you, and you know, and that's and the competencies that we we focused on in the past, all those are 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 man are tools. They're good tools. Lots of times they're management tools. If we're talking about training that goes on for leaders, they're management tools. But let me tell you. Good tools in the hands of the wrong person is not leadership. It's manipulation. Yeah, and unfortunately, we're getting ready uh, to come up on our third commercial break here before we wrap up the show. Uh, 
in the next section. But, you know, you, you talked about competencies, and I mean, organizations focus on this all the time. We got to develop your skills, your attributes, your talents, all these things. And then when they get to the performance review, it's also all focused on, well, these are your weaknesses. I mean, this is what you really need to work on instead of actually playing to that individual strengths. I mean, that, that becomes a challenge when it uh, comes to developing and leading others also, and that's a whole different topic for another day. But yeah. we'll be right back. This is Nathan Mitchell on Leading with Purpose Radio. We have Dave Anderson, founder of Anderson Leadership Solutions. We will be right back. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I dot com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I'm your host, uh, Nathan Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview, we're going to wrap up our interview with Dave Anderson, founder of Anderson Leadership Solutions. I'd like to invite all of you one more time uh, who are listening in to this broadcast this evening to connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The easiest way for you to do that is to simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. And Dave, with that, welcome back to the show. We've got about 10 minutes left before... Uh, we wrap up for this evening, and again, I want to thank you for taking time uh, out of your evening to to share your your input, your value, uh, your skill set, your experience, your wisdom uh, in, in the realm of servant leadership with uh, our listeners here this evening. And one of the things that I want to talk with you about before we wrap the show up is this idea as of servant leader as coach. I mean, at the end of the day, 
Is that what servant leaders do? They take more of a coaching role with their team members more than a managerial or even for lack of a better term, of a leadership role. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, if you think about the – and we were talking a little bit about the best people we ever worked for and uh, there at the end and the leadership heroes. And, and I often ask people when I go when – they, when they're sitting in one of my uh, courses where we spoke – where we're focused just on coaching, I ask them, you know, the best coach you ever had, who – who were they? What did they do? What did you admire most about them? And do you think they really cared about you? And how did you know that? And everybody says, yes, they cared about me. And how did I know about that? How did I know that? Because they showed it in their behaviors. They, they were willing to tell me the hard things. It wasn't that they were always nice. They always candy-coated things and made me feel good about myself. It was they were willing to tell me the hard things because they knew that's what I needed to hear. And you know, coaching people is all about focusing on them. And, I, you know, I've had those leaders where, you know, they were quote-unquote coaching me, but basically all they were doing was talking at me. And uh, there was nothing about making me better and developing me and trying to make me a better version of who I was. It was all about where are these numbers and how is it going to make me look, which was the, yeah. underlying, uh, was the underlying theme that I heard coming out of their mouth. And to be a uh, servant leader coach is, you know, is focusing on the individual and what what am I doing to make them better? Are they a better version of themselves because they just because of what uh, the time they just spent with me? You know, did I just add value to them? That's that's a John Maxwellism. Yeah, my role is to add value to others. Did I just add value to them because they ran into me today? And Asking yourself that question at, at the end of every every conversation you have with – I do that with just as many people as I can that I run into that day because, as I said, my vision is to lead good people to become the great people God designed them to be. It's not just part of my job. It's who I – what I think I'm supposed to be doing with my life. So I try to think that way after every interaction. Is, is Nathan a better – is better off having run into me today? Did I add value to them today? And I think that's a mindset that a servant leader who is also, you know, focused on coaching has to have. Yeah, and, you know, just before the commercial break, I mean, you were, you were saying that leadership is not complicated. I think at times we make it hard. Uh, but, I mean, when, when you talk about the leader, the servant leader as coach, I mean, it's really somebody that, that shows their you – know, when I look at followers, they want to know just a few things. Do you care about me? Can I trust you? And are you willing to help me? You know, yeah. if you can do those three things – Makes a mm-hmm. huge impact on on their ability to reach their full potential in the workplace. And and before the commercial break, we were also talking a lot about values, you know, character, trust, uh, things like that. You know, for the listeners tonight, who are some of the servant leaders that you know? If somebody's listening in, like, hey, you know, I, I would like to be a better servant leader myself. Who are some people that they can look to for inspiration to become better? Yeah, you know, I. <laughs> I think it's three. Uh, I'll give you three people from history, and then two people, two contemporaries. Uh, you know, three people from history. I'm going to go with uh, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and uh, Jesus Christ. And that because when you look at all three of these people, these are people who these were humble men. These were men who 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 were humble yet strong. 
and they weren't doing it things for themselves. They were doing it for a bigger, a higher purpose, a, a greater cause. And they were strong. They challenged authority because they knew it was the right thing to do. I mean, each one of those men, Gandhi, Mandela, and Christ, they all did this. They all challenged. I mean, you think some people think that Jesus was, you know, this quiet little meek man, but they forget about the fact he, he stood up right to all the religious leaders of the day and he called them a brood of vipers and a bunch of hypocrites. Right. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't stay silent and, 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 but he was humble at the same time. And he, you know, washed the feet of his followers I mean, as a symbol of you have to serve in order to lead. And if we talk about contemporary people, I love to use I love to use a guy like Peyton Manning. Mm. When you when you hear people interview him, he doesn't talk. You don't hear what a lot of other pro athletes do, which is me, 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 or the the ones that drive me crazy, the ones who talk about themselves in the third person. Uh, <laughs> you know, Peyton. What he talks about, he talks about his wide receivers catching the ball. He talks about his offensive linemen throwing the blocks. He talks about his defense bailing him out. He talks, he takes that spotlight that everybody's trying to shine on him and he's spinning it around to shine it on others. Yeah, he's a class act. He is. And that's what everybody says. He's a class act. And then you gotta have a guy like Coach K at Duke who just won the national championship again for the fifth time now. You know, and whether or not you're a Duke fan or not, you got to say Coach K's a classy guy. I mean, at every, every time they, they want to interview interview the coach at halftime, you know what he does? He sends out one of his assistants. Why? He, because he's developing them. He's trying to give them the opportunity to learn and grow and get that recognition. And, and he trusts them, and he puts that on them. He doesn't need the spotlight. He says, I get enough of that. You go d- take some of this. Yeah, he's I mean, on the cover I mean, of Success Magazine this month. Yeah, I, I, exactly, exactly. I, fortunately, he, he coached at West Point when I was growing up, and I got to know him there. I went to his basketball camp as a kid. Uh, great experience. My father's a good friend with Coach K, and it's, uh, we're, our families are still friends these days, so I always love to use him as an example. Yeah, do you think there's any possibility of you getting him as a guest on your show? Working on it, my friend. <laughs> working on it. Uh, my father and I are working on a book together, and uh, one of the people we're going to ask to review it is going to be him. And I'm hoping that he's going to be uh, he, he's going to be willing to do that for us. Awesome. Uh, we've got a few minutes before um, we wrap up tonight's show. I wanted to give you an opportunity. I was perusing your website, and I saw that you have uh, basically something you can give away. Um, I believe for it's called the overwhelmed manager's guide to a winning culture. Can you share a little bit more about that and how can people find out more about that? Yeah. The overwhelmed manager's guide to winning culture is a course that I put together. It is an online video course uh, that I put together. And if you want to learn more about it, go to om-guide.com. You can type out the whole thing, overwhelmedmanagersguide.com, or you can just do om dash guide.com. You can also click on a link right there on my mothership website, as I told you, AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. But that course is set up in response to what I've heard through the years and what I experienced in corporate world myself. So many leaders want to do all the good things. They go to these trainings and they hear all these good principles of leadership and they want to put them into play. But when they get back from these courses, they're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to have time to do all this stuff? How can I possibly put all this stuff that I've just learned into practice? And the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to Winning Culture is focused on how does a leader go about changing 
developing and reinforcing the culture that they want to have on their team. We talk about how do you develop the values for your team? How do you communicate the values of the team? How do you hire people that are of character who match the values of your team? How do you coach people based on character? And how do you, honestly, how do you fire people if they're, if they're, Character and their values aren't aligned with what what you want, and mm. in each step, it's a step by step process that gives you doable solutions, even in the, for the most overwhelmed manager out there. And uh, you know, there's free stuff there too. You go there, there's some free videos that you can watch. You get a better view. You can also download the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide Power Pack, we call it, which is it's got a free interview guide, six pages worth of interview questions that are focused on character questions. To help you identify a person's character, as we already stated, we hire people for competence and we fire them for character. Why don't we get better figuring out somebody's character before we hire them? Those questions are there to help you out. So there's a lot of free resources there. The Overwhelm Manager's Guide is you, you, uh, to Winning Culture. It is a fee-based uh, course, but there's a lot of free stuff there as well. Yeah, and you know, one of the, one of the things that you just said, you know, how to fire people, it made me think about uh, Tony Shea with Zappos. dot com, and I, I watched a video with him on. It was actually a Stanford lecture that he did at, uh, and you can find it on YouTube. It's called Building a Formidable Brand. But he talks about, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a performer you are in our organization, if you're bad for the culture, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't need you around. Yeah, absolutely, and and a servant leader needs to be willing to do that for the good of the person who's a, who's a bad fit, and a servant leader needs to be willing to do that for everybody else on the team who's having to deal with that person who's a bad fit. Right. People are looking to you as the leader, saying, "Please, Lord, have this man, have this leader, have this woman, take this person out of this organization so we can get back to work and not deal with all that junk that they're bringing." Yeah, well, I think John Gordon calls them energy vampires. <laughs> oh, man. You know, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they poison the workplace the at the end of, of the day. Yeah. When they, when they finally walk out, everybody yeah, gives a deep sigh. <sighs> you know, but there's a way to do that, and there's a way to recognize when is it time to start making those moves. And that's a part of that overall manager's guide to winning cultures, helping you understand the, uh, how to make those moves and what, when the deter- what's the determining factor is it's time for me to start the process. And that that usually is when you realize uh, when you realize that person is unwilling to change. You've coached them; they're able to change. They're capable people. You've coached them. You've done your best job as a coach as you possibly can be as a servant leader. Yet in the end, despite your coaching, despite the the idea that they are able to change, they're just unwilling to change. And at that point, when you realize they're unwilling to change, it's time to stop paying them. There's no reason to keep anybody on your team who's unwilling to change and grow and become the person you need them to be and they should be for your team and for your culture. Stop paying them. Start the process. Ask them to leave. Well, Dave, my friend, thank you so much for being on tonight's show. We're getting ready to wrap up here in about 30 seconds. Uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking an hour out of your day. I know time with family is important, and I appreciate you more than you know. I hope you have a great week. Nathan, you're doing a great thing out there, what you're talking about and what you're bringing to the people, uh, your listeners. Leadership is that thing that's going to change the world, and you're helping do that. So I appreciate what you're doing, too. Thank you, sir. God bless. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is Nathan Mitchell, Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network.
You've been listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes 